Hi, and thanks for listening to the Turtle Talks podcast, a podcast which will cover the comings and goings of the Happy Dancing Turtle Garden crew through the upcoming year. We'll cover topics ranging from planning your garden to putting your garden to bed. Now, to learn more about us, go to happydancingturtle.org. Now, let's get started. Man, so so we've got to rush this, is mm. what I'm hearing. You've got to go probably mm. in, in half an hour. Mm. You have to leave minutes. at one. 45 minutes, yeah. Okay, okay, so no problem. It's just in town, and it takes three minutes to get there at the most. So perhaps 47 minutes, 48 minutes, 50? No, Can we get you it's 15 now. So we can get you for the whole hour. No, it's about 15 now. <laughs> it's only three minutes away, you said. <laughs> So we just lost a minute. <laughs> this is quality stuff here, Jim. <laughs> Forty-five minutes. All right, we'll we'll try and wrap everything up uh, in that time. I'm sure we can get some good stuff. All right, we are set for our. This is our fourth summer appetizer. Uh, mm-hmm. We are gangbusters wow. on this one. I mean, it is nonstop. Fifth one, sixth one. Oh, it's only the fourth. Okay. That's well, yeah, but that's the thing about summer in the garden is it's nonstop. When do you have a time <laughs> to take a break? I mean, just as we're recording this, guys, it's lunchtime, and so you're gonna be hearing some chewing of food. <laughs> you hear some cutlery against plates. But this is the only time we could find to record. But you know, Jim and Shirley put together this lunch. What did what do you got here? I mean. I don't think I have much mm. to do with it. Oh, oh sure, you made, the, made the bread. Yeah, what's the and bread? And the vegetables from... Um, oh, the grilled vegetables? Yeah, from grilled week? marinated vegetables mm-hmm. and salad. It's terrific. Yeah, it looks really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's made with stuff that we grow here. The salad fixings, the... Uh, I don't know, if are those are those berries from here? Or? Mm, some Yeah, yeah strawberries? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I mean, so... I made the refrigerator pickles. Oh, those are good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those, I love refrigerator pickles. They're not like sour or. They're dill. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't like sweet pickles, so there's not a lot of sugar in them. So, uh, as you don't, if, if this is your first time listening, uh, my name is Colin McLean. I run the uh, media up here at Happy Dancing Turtle, and I'm joined with three members of the garden crew Dave, Jim, and Allison, who are taking time out of their lunch to, to make this happen. So we're going to go right into the outline that they've put together. So since the last podcast, it's been nothing but harvesting. You guys have this huge list here that I'm looking at, and it looks uh, delicious. Can you tell us a little bit about what's been going into the CSAs? Well, it's been three weeks since we've recorded, Mm -hmm. and that's really um, the hottest I mean, we're in the hottest part of the summer. We're in this great bearing uh, time where there's a lot of variety and uh, and everything tastes great. Since we've recorded, we've harvested potatoes. Now, what kind? I mean, there's like a thousand varieties out there. Which kind have you put out there? Does anybody remember what kind those red ones are? Um, I think they're I'm just an sure. all red. An all yeah, red. Sort of red. Yeah, yeah the red skin with red. red inside. The mm-hmm. red flesh, too. Those are called all red. Are those, that's yeah. like the... That's not the purple inside ones, right? No. That's a no. different one. We have those too, the Molly Magic. Yeah. yeah, those are so cool. You know, you put them in a roast. We haven't mm. harvested those yet. We've just been working down the red row. Okay. We have um, German Butterball and a, a purple Molly Magic. Molly Magic, yeah. yeah so, but we haven't dug any of those. 
What do you do with the red ones? Is this just a slice them up and roast them type thing, or they're not big enough for baked mm -hmm. potatoes or anything, are they? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They are a waxy potato, not like a russet. So right. I don't know that they'd be great for baked potatoes, but sure. They're more for salad and for boiling. Boiling, um, yeah. Uh, roasting, I. Mashed potatoes. I don't particularly like russet potatoes. Me neither. I think they're dry. That's I just me. I think they're dry. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and they have kind of a, I mean, people call them floury. Yep. Like almost a green taste. That's I much right. prefer mm -hmm. a waxy potato. That's why you potato. put butter and sour cream on it. I <laughs> much prefer, it right up. No, yeah. <laughs> I much prefer a waxy potato, even for mashed potatoes. Yeah. So when we get in, so we're talking about potatoes, yeah. right? We sorry. get into yeah. the next one. Yeah, sorry. Leeks. Leeks and potatoes are great mates and they make mm -hmm. a great um uh soup or a um you can roast them together a casserole um you can do mashed potatoes with sauteed or caramelized leeks mixed in it's just potatoes and leeks are like the perfect marriage now just correct me if i'm wrong but leeks are kind of the snobs onion right <laughs> i mean they're kind of the same thing aren't they are you calling me a snob no, just people that enjoy leeks. <laughs> yeah, they're mild. Yeah. You know, they're, they're not as hot as I'm on. But this next thing that you guys have been plucking, this is, it's got such an interesting taste. And it, it, trying to find a, a, a recipe or some way to eat it, it's got to be difficult. Fennel. Fennel? Yeah. Yeah, what do you do with that? Anything Italian. You think so? Spaghetti, lasagna, any of that kind of stuff. Mm. There's a grilled fennel in this salad. Oh, yeah? That's an onion. Then what's no, the... it's not. It's a fennel. <laughs> okay, yeah. And then there's the, the what's the one that um, your buddy does, Allison? The porchetta. And this is an Italian porchetta. This is Iron Range porchetta. What's a porchetta? What is a porchetta? I don't know that. I don't know what that is. Um... Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, it's a, a pork roast that has been um, seasoned and stuffed with a particular blend of spices. Frabonis in Hibbing, I'm told, has the best porchetta you can buy. But it's not the... Uh, it's, it's, it's covered in spices and fresh dill. Um, inside and you cook it all up, you roast it all together, and it's delicious. And um, <laughs> it's just delicious. What's the What's the word I'm looking for? Because you use a cut of meat with a lot of um, connective tissue, so it gets really silky, and just this, the juice is just silky and full of cartilage. And it's like a prosciutto, is what you're talking about, right? Nope. No different. Prosciutto. Uh, no. Uh, no prosciutto. Prosciutto. That's that's bacon. dried. Yeah, that's yeah. a that's a dried and a cured. Um, yeah, that's that's about right. But okay. this is Iron Range porchetta, which is way different from Italian <laughs> porchetta because the Rangers are from more Eastern Europe, I think, and and brought a lot of those traditions with them. Well, what I'll do is I will look online and see if I can find an Iron Range porchetta recipe. And I'll put it on the, mm -hmm. the notes here for mm -hmm. this episode. But you were talking about pickles, Allison. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and looks like you guys have been pulling the dill. Yep. Yeah. Yep, dill, cilantro, parsley, basil, all the herbs. All the herbs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, is this something that you are expecting to last throughout? I mean, herbs can kind of go... 
Right, a long, a long season, right? It's not just through the hot well, months. Things is like it? Dylan cilantro are fairly, fairly quick, so they've gone to seed. Already to go to seed now. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of limited. You couldn't regrow them right now, though. Start. You'd have to do succession planting. Sure, sure. Or you can chop them back, and then you do get some regrowth. Uh, well, like cilantro, you probably could, but the deal um, uh, it takes a while to grow. Sure. So I don't know that you'd be able to do that right now. Okay. So. Okay. Just plan ahead. Plan ahead. Yeah. Plan accordingly. Sure. Yeah, we, sure. We uh, made sure we planted enough because the amount uh, that we want to give in our CSAs, you know, has to be enough for people to do something with. Uh, so, so we have a, quite a bit out there, but um, it is starting to uh, kind of fizzle out now. So. Yeah, but the uh, I bet you the bags. That your CSA comes in, <laughs> they kind of just yeah. overwhelmed with uh, <laughs> with that dill smell or the fennel smell too, I suppose. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, and your favorite parsley. Parsley, you know, you can probably just hoe that under, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> grow that back into the soil. I mean, put some good use to it. Mm -hmm. yeah, it smells really good fresh, though. Yeah. Don't yeah. ever trust the media guy when it comes to your food choices. <laughs> also, um, was it last week or the week before we dug up all the garlic? Um, the garlic is is ready when the bottom three or four four or five, four or five leaves are starting to, to die and dry up. Either dead or dried up. Yep. So um, we went through and dug them all up, and we have a a screen that we lay them on in our roof of our sh the ceiling of our shed, and they sit there and dry for a couple weeks. So all the garlic is, is pulled, um, it looks great, and uh, what are we going to do with that with that bed, Jim, now that it's empty? We're inside, yep. Might be a good time to cover crop it. Maybe. Because it's such a narrow bed, we're talking about maybe moving that into raspberries or something, too, but we'll see where that goes. So, but yeah, um, in our rotation, that would go into the three sisters, so it would be um, either cover cropped or, or deep mulch, and then next year we'd plant the three sisters into it. Okay. If it was in the right spot, but we're not sure it is. But for the um, winter, you'd put some just uh, grass in there or something. Keep it covered or yeah. keep living roots in the ground. Sure. Well, I don't mind the slow down anymore. I don't mind the sound of my shoes on your floor. Don't mind selling out or playing cover song Just as long as friends and family sing along And I don't need more money or faster car, no Don't need a magazine to call me a superstar, no I'm gonna take this little house and make a home I was at the Garlic Festival last week with Where's that? Uh, Hutchinson, yep. in McLeod County Fairgrounds. Um, 3,000 people, approximately. Um, and lots and lots of garlic. I think there was 14 garlic vendors. Um, but uh, all in all, it was a bad season. Um, garlic was small, which we found here. Yeah, not real good. Uh, you know, the average survival or loss was like 15% loss, which is high. Some even had worse than that. So um, just a hard winter, a late winter. They had a thaw down south, and then it froze hard again. So it thawed, and the garlic started to grow, and then sure. there was a hard frost with that big storm in, in April, that blizzard that came through. Yep. That was pretty hard on the garlic. And then um, Daniels and strawberries are coming in. 
pretty heavy now, so we've been picking out of our little trellis pound or so a day. Ufta, wow. So it's enough to keep something in the kitchen anyway. You were mentioning going to the garlic festival. Did they have garlic ice cream this year? It was gone by the time we got there. But yeah, they have garlic ice cream. I can't imagine. <laughs> I have uh, tried it. Yeah. We do have a new flavor of salsa ice cream that will be at the salsa festival in September, which is amazing. It's got a little corn hint to it, but then you get a little piece of pepper. It gives it just a little bit of heat, but the cream and the ice cream offsets that heat so it doesn't hit you too bad. It's pretty tasty. I'm trying to imagine Universal eating that. Fresh cilantro. Is that going to be refreshing, or is that something you have to wash out, you know, oh, when you're... It's refreshing, yes. <laughs> a little sweet, a little spicy. That corn, the corn in there makes it just a little bit sweet. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be good. You pick up a pint and then see if you can bring it back. Yeah. See what I can do. <laughs> Allison, I, I, I saw that there are tall stocks of sweet corn out there. Have they, have they produced yet or are they? You know, we just picked that this morning. Yeah. And um, we got about 14 dozen ears. How, how many plants? How, how many rows do you have of that? That's not big. It's not big, yeah. no. Um, we don't go for... We have two rows. Two yeah. And there, uh, there is what we call acceptable field loss, <laughs> which was some sampling right out in the garden. Um, you wouldn't believe how tasty raw sweet corn is right after you pick it. <laughs> <laughs> that is called acceptable field loss. That's right. Uh, no... Uh, so it was two it, rows, but it's in our three sisters planting. So the rows are, are clumps with multiple plants per, mm -hmm. you know, a couple dozen, 12 to 18 stocks per clump, and they're, they're spaced out with the squash in between them. Okay, so it's not just a pristine, clean, straight row. No, it's total chaos. Yeah. So you're saying that gar the, the, the crew are not considered pests when it comes <laughs> to field loss? <laughs> you wouldn't... You wouldn't try and find a way to get those out of the, the, a, the fence? Just under, I'm one of our bonuses. Of <laughs> but even, you know, even, you know, if you look at integrated pest management, there's always, you know, pests that, that can be acceptable. There's always an acceptable loss. It's that threshold where it's not acceptable anymore. That's right. When you pick the whole bunch of corn, right. <laughs> it never makes it to the kitchen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's not an acceptable loss. <laughs> You know what's wrong to be with you I never felt you wanted to Like all those bodies without fun Like a summer without sun You know what's wrong to be with you I never felt you wanted to Like all those bodies without fun like a we could talk about the, the farm, um, the harvest dinner, excuse me, that's coming up. And Jim, maybe you want to talk a little bit about what the preparations that have gone into that and so, why this is a kind of a special event. And maybe first so yeah, just talking about what it is. First. The harvest dinner comes back to grazing um, and livestock. Um, I guess I'd just like to talk briefly about the success of our podcast and educating our listeners. 
We can talk about that, sure. I was talking to one of my listeners the other day, one of our listeners to the podcast the other day, one of our subscribers, who happens to be my sister, <laughs> and I was explaining rotational grazing to her, which is what the harvest dinner is all about. It's, you know, how, how can we manage livestock and protect water quality? And, um, and I was explaining that when you graze off the top part of the plant, you, the roots will die back accordingly. So if you graze 50% of the plant, you lose 20% of the root will die back. So you still have 80% of the root in place. So it rebounds quick and, and the grass will rebound with that. You know, sure. The roots will grow back, the grass will grow back faster. If you graze, 50 per, if you graze 80% of the plant, you lose 90% of the roots. So it's just almost down to the... So there's hardly any yeah. root left. And when I told my sister that, when I explained it to her, she said, well, if there's no roots, there's no plant exudate, what are the microbes going to eat? <laughs> and it was like, yes, high five, sister. It sunk in, <laughs> yes. You got it. <laughs> so then she got, went on to tell me, she said, well, no wonder my pigs never have grass. They graze it all the way to the ground for guinea pigs. Pigs, yeah. Yeah, so she, for <laughs> livestock, yeah. So she's going to set up a rotational grazing system in her, in, her, in her guinea pig cage, so that'll be fun. How many does she have? I think she has three. Okay. So it's a 10 by 10 cage, I think, or 8 by 10 cage, so yeah, maybe four paddocks. And then she'll have to have the sacrificial paddock, so if there's not enough grass... Let it go. You, yeah. yeah, you'll have to have a sacrificial paddock that you can just put them in. And... So back to the forage council yeah, and, sorry. and the harvest dinner. Um the Harvest Dinner came out of the, the Forage Council, which was established back in, you know, 15, 18 years ago, in an intentional effort to connect ranchers with Lakeshore residents. Um, so basically looking at, you know, what's upstream, and if it's cows, how are they being managed? Are they being managed in a way that, that promotes soil health and protects water quality? Um, so I think this is the ninth annual harvest dinner. It's sponsored by the Cass County Farm Bureau, um, and uh, it averages a couple hundred people a year. Maybe I think last year was 240. Wow! And uh, serve a nice dinner: um, chicken, pork, um, and of course beef. And uh, and then there's usually a there's there's live music, horse wagon rides. It's held at Sunup Ranch, just east of Brainerd. Um, or just west of Brainerd, excuse me. Um, all kinds of activities. They have uh, roping demonstrations and um, all kinds of fun activities as well as speakers. And this year, um, there was funding provided by the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency, which I think is pretty neat that uh, PCA is looking at um, you know, agriculture and how that can actually benefit water quality. We're bringing up shrimpers from the Gulf Coast. So uh, Randy Skinner and uh, Lance Nacio and their significant others are going to be here um, to talk about the hypoxic zone and how that affects their livelihood on a day-to-day -day basis, their business of catching shrimp. That, that, dead, that dead zone, the hypoxy zone in the Gulf Coast affects that. And, so the um, hypoxy zone, that's basically where there's no oxygen? Certain times of the year, um, there'll be, as I understand it, there'll be algae blooms mm -hmm. and the algae will bloom and then when it dies back it takes all the oxygen and um, there's not enough for the fish so anything that can't escape dies um, everything else swims away and tries to escape that 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 dead zone um, I believe it was 
This year was the last. Last year was one of the biggest ones they've ever seen, um, and, and it was the size of three eastern states. Oh wow! I believe I might be wrong there. It's a big area. Yeah. And it's not just the Gulf of Mexico. These are all over the world. There's 250 hypoxy zones throughout the world. At the malls where the where the rivers empty into either large lakes or or um, um, the ocean. And so, what's causing? I mean, I mean we could go into this nutrient loading. Too much, like, too much from the farms going down this farms Mississippi. Farms and urban development. It's not all the farmers' fault. Sure, <laughs> you know, sure. It's urban development too, um, and there's you know people working on that too. Our focus is on agriculture. Mm -hmm. um, I personally think that's the one that has the most potential for benefit. Um, it has a huge impact, and um, through restorative agriculture practices, we can turn that in that that in from a negative into a positive fairly rapidly. I think. I think we'll see some pretty dramatic changes over the next 20 years. And then along those lines, there's another event coming up in the in the area over in Aiken on the same day, unfortunately, because I can't go to that one. <laughs> but now that Allison just took a big bite of food, we'll let her tell you about that. <laughs> you can chew slowly, it's fine. We we'll edit, edit this the, out, absolutely. Yep. Wash it out, yep, <laughs> wash her down. I don't, I'm not going to edit this out. Yeah, they, 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 they can't see that piece of kale in your teeth. <laughs> she thinks there's a piece. That's great. It's so sinister. I just I did a lot of talking right at the beginning, and everybody else finished their food, so I'm over here trying to catch it up. Trying to catch up and get my food down. Um, where were we? Oh, uh, know, the farm to families. Yes. So the, the Greater Mille Lacs chapter of the Sustainable Farming Association is based in and around the Aiken area. And our signature event is Farm to Families. It's coming up this Saturday, August 24th, 25th. And the idea around the event is to connect local consumers with their uh neighbors who are family farmers the meal served at the event is uh, sourced locally and we even have a local chef who is um works uh owns the beanery and and grandma's pantry is uh cooking the event the beanery has really good food mm -hmm. amazing food for a town that like Aiken, the size of Aiken. <laughs> <laughs> to dish out acres. It's just a typical small town. I think you're finding that more and more. But yes, sorry. yes. We're still kind of amateurs in the planning department, but we're so excited um, to be connecting farmers to their local customers um, and to show our neighbors what it's like to eat local food and who's growing your food and how your buying power has such an impact on your local community on your water quality. Um, local dollars circulate in your town five to ten times. Mm -hmm. uh, do you want to quick say how we can get tickets for the Farm to Family event and then the uh, harvest dinner? You don't uh, need to have a ticket to enter, mm -hmm. um, but the meal ticket is $15 and you purchase that there. Um, Meal service starts at 4, and it will be served until it's gone. So come early. Where is it going to be held? It's at the Aiken Fairgrounds. Okay. On Saturday the 
fourth. Fifth. Fifth. Twenty fifth. Yes. Okay. And the same day. The Harvest Dinner is also on the 25th. And depending on when this podcast comes out, you might not be able to get tickets because that sells out. Mm -hmm. um, The best way to get a hold of tickets would probably be to to contact me. And that's at jimc at happydancingturtle.org. No. Jimc at hugllc.com. No. No. It's Jay Chamberlain. Are you sure? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so you can go to our website. Look up. up at the staff. See the staff doc drop down box and shoot me an email, and I'll see if I can still get you tickets or not. <laughs> you could show up at Sunup Ranch the day of and see if we can squeeze you in. But um, that that's a pretty popular event, and I I think with the connecting waters theme with the Gulf Coast Shrimpers this year, I think it's going to sell out pretty fast. Um, Definitely a popular event. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that, that'll close up what um, is going to be a great uh, episode. If you have any questions, please shoot us an email at info at happydancingturtle.org. Uh, again, my name is Colin. we got Dave, Jim, and Allison. And, geez, thanks a lot for listening. We really appreciate it. Have thanks a good day. Thanks for yep. listening. Thanks for listening. Thank you. All right. Is that it? Should we, should we redo it? <laughs> oh.